What's up, guys, and welcome to Speed Bumps with Austin Evans, where we extract the lessons and learn from the mistakes and the speed bumps of life. Mental speed bumps, friendships, relationships, health, fitness, and my favorite, business. Mistakes are best learned secondhand, usually have a lot cheaper, too. Speed bumps are the adversity that we all face, and adversity obviously makes us stronger. The people who run over these speed bumps in life and learn from them are a whole lot better equipped to handle any future adversity that comes at them than those who don't hit the speed bumps. And that's why I started the Speed Bumps podcast. So if you haven't listened to the last episode, which was the first episode, go back. I talk a little bit about my background, who I am as a businessman, my wife, all, all about me, and why I started the podcast a little more in depth. And we also went over a speed bump that we have all dealt with and do deal with, which is imposter syndrome dealing with other people's negativity, and ultimately, insecurity. So in the last episode, I told you who I am. I love business. I'm an entrepreneur. Not like a buzzword. I hate, I hate the word entrepreneur as a buzzword, to be honest. Like when people say I'm a serial entrepreneur. To be honest with you, I can't even spell entrepreneur. I always forget the E that comes before the U. It just doesn't make sense there. So anyways, yeah, but I am an entrepreneur. And one of my, my preneurs, if that's a word, my first one actually was a fitness, um, a supplement store called Fit Republic. So today's lesson and speed bump is a big one for business owners, aspiring business owners. And quite frankly, it's applicable for everyday life in terms of budgeting and being smart with your money just you know, in your life. So I'm going to share with you guys how I went from being a $75,000 big baller to 600 bucks in a few weeks. Really, I mean, I had 75 grand in my bank. It was most money I ever had in, ever. And... Um, and a few weeks later, I had $600. So I'm going to tell you guys about that speed bump and everything I learned from it. So when I was 22, I opened up a, f- a store called Fit Republic. It was a supplement retail store. Um, it was a franchise. I, I, I've learned, gosh, I still own it and I love it. I love my customers, the support we get in the community. I've learned so much. So many of the speed bumps I, I talked to you guys about are going to be from that venture. And honestly, it's kind of fun because as I map out how I'm going to talk about this in my head, a lot of these things, I'm talking about the earliest speed bumps and it almost follows the way I want to talk about it. Not always, but it's going to, it's going to follow a little bit of a timeline through um, my five years as a businessman. So Fit Republic was my first retail store and I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of going to skip through some of this fast to get to the lessons. So when I first went to open Fit Republic, you had to have 135 grand is what, is what I needed. And so I went to the bank for the money and this is going to be a there, there's probably an episode on raising money or getting money for your first venture. Um, there's probably a whole episode or two I could talk about that. But I'm going to sum this up to this. I went to the bank for the money. I needed 135 grand. I was 22 years old. I was I went through the SBA process, which SBA can be very beneficial for people. It, it works out great for a lot of people, but it was not a good process for me. I was in the process for several months. I think 16 weeks I went through it. And they told me, oh, you can't get it. It was just, it was kind of BS. So I went through this whole thing. And finally, the bank told me, hey, well, we're not going to give you the whole thing, but we'll give you 85 grand, not through the SBA. And so they even said, we'll give it to you, quite frankly, unsecured. They said, they started pulling this, we're going to tie your truck up and we're going to tie your this up and the little assets I had. And I said, no, I've been doing this for 16 weeks, like trying to go through this. I had a good business plan. And so Anyways, I, they were going to give me 85 grand and it was going to be a four, 4% interest. And so problem was I needed 135 grand. So I borrowed, I was able to borrow 50 grand from my father and 
Real quick, I, I want to talk about that. That's, I mean, major blessing that I was able to do that. And I understand that. You know, my dad, I, I was fortunate in that he was going to pay for my college and I chose not to go to college. So this was an opportunity for me to sort of allocate that money, if you will, to business. Um, regardless, so blessed that I got to, the opportunity to borrow that money. And I know that some people don't. I mean, everything's, you know, you can sit there and you can say, must be nice. You're going to hear about how I paid it back, every dollar of it with interest. So you kiss my ass and it must be nice. But also the must be nice, everybody always has this must be nice attitude. And if that's the attitude you have right now, I'm guaranteeing you're not going to like this whole entire podcast, not this episode. You're not going to like the whole thing. So it's not for you. But we all have advantages in some way or another. We all have opportunities, and it doesn't matter what that is. I was fortunate enough, and I was able to borrow this 50 grand from my dad. And quite frankly, the bank was going to offer it to me at 4%, the 85 grand, and my father's loan to me was at 5%, which I take a lot of pride in now, the fact that he made me pay 5% back. So never had any handouts, but that's that was something. And you know, aside from money, I just want to mention what I'm forever indebted to my dad for is the business acumen and the lessons he taught me. I, I mean, I could never give him, like I, like I said in the last episode, Friday nights, every Friday night in high school, we freaking watched Shark Tank together. And those are some of the memories I'll cherish forever because it, it was, it was, I know it was unique in comparison to what a lot of my acquaintances were doing at that age, but I learned a ton in those, those days. So anyways, borrowed 50K from him on a 5% note, okay? And in the beginning, you know, people don't want to lend you money. It's really tough to get money. It's really tough, just like we talked about in the last episode, the second you step out of your comfort zone and start doing things that make other people uncomfortable or what they don't know you for, it gets difficult because people don't believe in you and whatnot. It's no different money, lending, investing, people, you, they have no reason to believe in you. So don't take it like, oh, you're such a hater. It's, it, maybe it's a little of that. You know what? It's also, what have you done? And so I didn't have any leverage in the beginning. I didn't have any money in real estate, which can help you. I didn't have, I, I didn't have much. And so it's a natural cycle you have to go through and you have to navigate it if you're going to figure out how, you're, whether it's you save your own money or whether you do end up getting money lent to you. But it's, you have to earn trust and it's, it's no different than people not believing you in the, in you in the beginning, but what a cool opportunity we have, you know, and I didn't have anything to lose. So, you know, money in air quotes, money is just an illusion because it was just numbers on a computer screen that funded my first venture, which was an amazing business and still is. And it was all funded from this money that didn't exist really. And it did, but you, you know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's wild how, it's wild the opportunity we have. So back to the story. Needed 135K, borrowed 85 from the bank, 4% interest, borrowed 50 from my dad, 5% interest. So I had every intention to pay the debt back to my dad, that portion of it, as fast as possible for the simple reason that I didn't like having debt with a family member. And yeah, it was higher interest, but mostly because it was family. Just didn't want the tension, didn't want the, you know, there's still risk involved. I'm starting something up. I, God, I wouldn't want to screw my 50 grand. So that was my full intention. Pay that back ASAP. So I'm going to fast forward probably 18 months or so. Okay. Stores open, going awesome. Community rallied behind us. Always have. Super grateful for that. Thank you. If you're listening and you shop with us. And I was 18 months or so in, I'd say, I don't know the exact date, but I had about 75 grand in the bank. And guys, this was more money than I'd ever had by a long shot. I mean, I don't have, I, I, it's not like I just had a big cushion of money. I didn't have, like, this was it. I had earned all this money. I'd saved it. I'd been very um, 
frugal with it because I could have been pissing it away on whatever, and I didn't. And, I mean, I had a few speed bumps in there, which are other episodes. But anyways, um, more money than I'd ever had. Felt big balling. And I had this debt with my dad. I hadn't made him – it was kind of unique in the way we structured it. I think he did it to be lenient with me. I hadn't made him any payments. I hadn't even made interest payments monthly, but I knew the interest was accruing. So I got to this time period, however long it was – I owed him about around 55 grand. I don't remember exactly what it was. So I borrowed 50. I owed him 55. So I guess you could figure it was probably about two years. Anyways, I did the math. I had 75 grand in the bank. I thought, okay, 75 grand. If I write him a check for 55 grand, I'm going to have 20K. That's still more than enough money for my bank account. I'll be cushioned. And that's a lot of money, right? So I stroked a check, said, here you go, pop, paid him back. And quite frankly, he listens to this. He's going to laugh. I had a pipe dream in my head. And it was a pipe dream, all right that he was going to rip it up, pat me on the back, and say, well done. That You didn't go to college. There's your college. And I thought I was going to get to keep it. That was, yeah, I would keep dreaming. Anyways, you know what? I'm glad it didn't happen um, because now I can look back with pride. No, I had no handouts. I earned it myself. And, I mean, this lesson you're about to hear is crazy what I learned from this. And the fact that I learned it this early in life, in my business career, I mean, I have a lot to be grateful for. So I'm glad that didn't happen, but same time would have been cool, right? So as I've said, speed bumps are adversity. Adversity is always good for us. And this speed bump I'm going to tell you right now, it taught me a super important lesson of business and that you can apply to your life with budgeting. And that lesson is two little words called cash flow. So a business budget, a household budget, any budget has cash flow. And Cash flow, simply put, you probably get a more technical definition if you look it up, but simply put, cash flow is the money moving through your through your budget, your account, whatever. So cash flowing in is income, cash flowing out is expenses. If cash flow is positive, great, you have more income than expensive. If cash flow is negative, you're screwed. You're, you don't have more income than expenses. So you get it. You obviously want positive cash flow. And you want to have a buffer, a safety net, if you will, an emergency fund on top of having positive cash flow. You want both of those things. So I had built what I thought was a very good buffer, 75 grand. I had positive cash flow, obviously, because I got to the 75 grand. And I thought, I'll pay him 50 or 55 and I'll have 20 and I'll be good. You know, most people, they rake all the money out of their businesses. They get to the end of the year. It shows on paper that they made 70 grand and they have nothing to show for it. No money in the bank. And shocker, they spent it all, whether it was, on the business or whether it was distributions to themselves throughout the year that they spent on God knows what, and they don't have it. Uh, it, And honestly, there's an excellent, excellent book. One of the best books I could recommend to you for business books uh, by Mike McCallowitz, and it's called Profit First. I've listened to the audio book multiple times. I've read the book. It goes over how to avoid having your business really become a cash eating machine and not, you know, work, work, work and realize, well, I have no money. And it's, it's a fantastic book. So if you treat your business account like if you treat your business account in a way that you just withdraw, 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 and you don't buffer and don't leave yourself a buffer, then when a problem does arrive, let's say you got to replace equipment or let's say what, whatever the issue is, or let's say this is your personal budget and you have a medical issue arise or your transmission goes out. Well, if you don't have any money for it, you're SOL. And then even more so, really, potentially damaging, if you will, to your progress in your career is that what if an opportunity arises and 
You don't have the money to invest in it because you have no cash and the missed opportunity could be costing you way more than even a problem could in the long run. So that was a great lesson I learned from my dad at a young age. Before this, which I obviously had to go through it hard because you're going to hear, but I, I t- he taught me at a young age, don't drain your company account. Don't like leave a cushion. You, you'd never know what you're going to need it for. Save for a rainy day, if you will. So that's what I was doing. I had 50, 75 grand built up. I paid him back 55 grand. I, I thought at 20K, I was, had enough room left to be, I was being frugal. So I paid him back. Guys, within a few weeks, I was down to 600 bucks in my bank account. And I'm going to tell you why. Cash flow happened to me. When I paid him back, I hadn't paid enough attention to previously to cash flow of my business. And so after paying him back and feeling really good about it, Regular business carried on, meaning regular expenses carried on. So over the next few weeks, these are the things that hit my account. I had payroll the next week, which was a few grand. I had to pay my employees. I had inventory orders to keep the shelves stocked, which I did every Monday, which was several grand. I'm talking eight to 12 grand, depending on how the previous week's sales were. This was in a good time of the year. We were probably restocking big at the time. I had sales tax for the month, which sales tax, so... A lot of people don't understand sales tax, I don't think. When you pay sales tax as a consumer, say sales tax is 8.5%, you buy something for 10 bucks, it's 10.85. The business doesn't like profit your 85 cents. They're holding on to it in their account. It's not profit. And then later, the government's coming to take it out. And a lot of businesses, in my instance, I paid my sales tax monthly. So I got to the end of the month, and I hadn't accounted for that in my account, and so my sales tax came out, right, which was on the whole previous month's sales, which was a big number. And then I happened to fall in the time where quarterly payroll taxes were due. So payroll taxes, again, whenever your employer pulls the money out of your check, they're holding on to it to then give it to the government. It's just kind of in holding. So several grand came out for payroll taxes. Now you've heard me say payroll, inventory, sales tax, quarterly payroll taxes, all these things I've said, several grand, okay? And there was only 20 to start. Then I had utilities and rent, obvious, right? So before you know it, I had 600 bucks, 75 grand to 600 bucks, literally in like, I don't know, three weeks probably. So I was freaking out. And ultimately we survived, obviously, made it here today to tell you about this, woohoo. I didn't go back to my dad and ask for money. I didn't ask for a loan from anyone else. I just kept a very close watch on my expenses. I stopped taking a paycheck for a few months because luckily I'd followed my own rule and my own advice above in regards to not draining things and having an emergency fund. And I had built up a savings account of my own as an emergency fund, a little buffer. And so when the company was like broke, I was like, okay, I'll just stop paying myself, which is a very common thing in business. When you first start in business, you don't get paychecks. You get paid last when you first start. And there's a lot of times you don't take a check. And so I eliminated my own payroll. And I was grateful that I was smart with my own personal money before that. And slowly but surely, I built the account back up. It screwed me mentally because I was such a broke dick. <laughs> and I, the, the account felt like it built up so slow now because I had seen more money in it. So, but all that matters is I got through it. I'm grateful I got through it. So there's a ton of lessons in this speed bump 
for your personal finances or your business finance. And if you know people in business, remember this story. It's not all glitz and glamour. Everyone portrays it to be awesome. Oh, they own a business. They're killing it. Must be nice. Well, you know what? There's a lot that goes into that. And with money and with everything else comes a ton of responsibility. And you may not want that responsibility because it's a lot. So I want to real quick go over some very, very practical tips and kind of tangible advice and takeaways that you can go implement into your life literally today. And I don't care if this is your business. Some of these are just going to apply to business. Some of these will apply great to your personal. So these are very tangible things. If you're taking notes, write this stuff down. I promise you this is stuff I do to this day. I'll always do it forever. It's it's extremely helpful. So the first one is a purely business thing, okay? If you own a business and you have your operating checking account, Okay. And, this, and a lot of this, guys, this is off of the Profit First. So read that Profit First book. It's incredible. But the whole thing is you look at your money as buckets. Okay. And your money flows into the main operating account, which is a bucket. Okay. And in this case, I'm going to talk to you guys about payroll taxes. When you're an employer and you go to pay payroll every two weeks, every bi-weekly, monthly, whatever you do, when you get your payroll, you can see exactly what's going to federal, state, Medicare, Social Security, all that stuff, okay? Take all that payroll tax money, and as soon as you're, like, before my employees even get the check, I have transferred the payroll taxes into a 100% separate checking account, okay? So, like, if I logged into my bank right now, I'd see X number of dollars in my operating account, and then I'd see my payroll tax account that's labeled payroll tax, and it would have a small amount of money in it, and it's because I've transferred the payroll taxes into that account. Then, when I have my accountant pay my payroll taxes, or if you do it manually yourself, whatever, pay it out of your payroll tax account. Now, that money is already out. You don't ever have to worry about it. You don't have to look at it in your operating account, get it confused. That money is completely out. This is like the simplest hack, if you will, like mental hack, to make you not overspend and end up getting behind on payroll taxes, which let me tell you what, I know people who have done it. It's a nightmare. You don't want to do it. And the second you get behind with the IRS, you're behind, pen, there's penalties, there's interest, high interest. You're screwed. It's really very hard to catch up. I thank God I've never been in that situation, but this is why. Set up a separate account and transfer all your payroll taxes, okay? So that one's just a business one. These other few um, there's going to be a few here that apply very well personal. So build an emergency fund. Okay. Number two is build an emergency fund. Dave Ramsey, obviously he has the six baby steps. I think there's six, but there's the debt snowball. There's the thousand dollar emergency fund, then the debt snowball, and then build six to eight months of your expenses. I don't know the exact order. I may have butchered that, but go check it out. I don't personally agree with all of Dave Ramsey's takes on things. Um, but that's not the conversation here. I think he has insanely, helpful fundamentals that 95% of people need to be using. So, you know, there's excellent advice that he gives in general. You should always be seeking further practical education, self-development, whether it's your personal finance, everything. I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you want to learn from my mistakes and a lot of other people's mistakes that I'm going to have on the show. So you, you get it. So build an emergency fund. Build an emergency fund with your business Build an emergency fund with your personal. Okay, this next one, this is one of my favorite things. Number three, okay? I use multiple savings accounts, online savings accounts as buckets for money, okay? So these are everything from 
a Christmas savings account. So I like, and this isn't, there are no endorsement or anything with this show. That'd be cool if it were, but I use Capital One's online savings account. I like the Capital One 360 accounts. If you search Capital One 360 savings account, you can open them. I like them for multiple reasons. You could transfer the money really easily. They have a good user face interface on the app. You can open accounts no problem. There's no fees. I like that you can open accounts so simply because if in a banks can kind of be a pain in the ass. You can open up to 25 savings accounts. Awesome. Why would you ever want to open 25 savings accounts? Well, here's why in a personal instance, okay? And you can obviously do this with your business. You can have a business savings account. You could have your payroll tax account. You could have your operating account. You could have an emergency fund account. All kinds of accounts, okay? And you don't want to get redundant, but this really helps your psyche with visualizing, for me at least, visualizing money going into buckets. So my personal, every month I have different things set up. I have a Christmas account set up where money just transfers automatically. So then come Christmas, I don't even have to think about it. If I want to spend whatever I want to spend on Christmas, I budget it all through the year. It was auto transferred out every month, weekly, however often you want to do it. And you don't have to think about it. I have a family vacation fund set up. So I took the kids and Kelly to Clearwater, Florida for a week. It was our first family vacation we ever went on. I didn't even feel like I spent a dollar. And the reason was because I had auto transfers weekly and I do it weekly. So it's a smaller amount coming out of my personal checking into my Capital One personal um, family vacation account. I had that happening weekly for so long, the money built up. I had the Airbnb booked out of it. I had the flights booked out of it. And I went down there. We had $1,700 we could have spent, which we weren't going to spend that much. We spent like $1,100 and we had $600 to roll over to the next vacation. So I had a vacation account. I have a car account. So I want to buy a badass exotic car. Okay. So every month I transfer into that. And I, and you guys can Google goal savings calculator. It's Again, if you're a visual person like I am, it's nice to see. You can say, okay, I know that May of 2023, I want to buy myself a vehicle and it's going to cost X. This is how much I need to save every month. They'll spit it out and tell you and you can set up your transfers. So you get the point. You can use this as a car account. You can use it as a saving for a down payment for a house account. You can use it as a Christmas account, a vacation account. Doing this gets the money out of your normal operating account this in this case, personal, in my case, up on the speed bump today, business, but it gets it out of your account so you don't see it. And then you don't even feel it happening because you get so used to it. So I love these online savings accounts. Um, open a ton of them, do your thing. Number four, this is a lot of business. Okay. But this, it could be business, but it, owning your own business, but this is also practical for people who work in a business and they see numbers that are big. You will get used to seeing numbers that are big in a business. Don't confuse that with your personal money, okay? So if you see all the time that you're running a PO for your company you work for or you have, you have a order inventory for your own company and you're so used to seeing 2000 and $7,000 and $10,000, in the beginning of when you start getting around that, it's really easy to get almost immune to seeing five grand. And to where five grand maybe doesn't seem like a ton of money to you, but then you forget when it's your personal money that it is a ton of money, okay? So this one may sound silly, but I, I don't know. It really hits home for me because I was doing these inventory orders in the beginning. Like I said, we'd order eight, 10, 12 grand a week. Well, when I'm spending eight, 10, 12 grand a week and paying for it right on my bank account, it's like, oh, eight grand, no big deal. And then all of a sudden I spent eight grand personally. It's like, shit, that's a lot of money. So that was a little psychological speed bump that I had to get over when I first started. And obviously, I mean, psychologically, but also literally, don't commingle funds. Don't move money from your 
personal to your your business to your personal. Don't just transfer it over just because you feel like it. You have to have a paper trail. Like be smart about this. So number four was don't confuse business money, personal money. Number five, use a CPA. All kinds of reasons I could go on about here. P&L statements, which is profit and loss monthly. Track your expenses. Know your numbers down to the T so you have the thumb on the pulse of your business. I could do a whole episode on this. I'm sure I will someday. They'll keep your taxes paid. They'll make sure your payroll's done right. It's money well spent. Use a CPA, okay? And then number six, I think, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, number six, ask a lot of questions, okay? When you're learning, when you're going through things, like don't ask... The only stupid questions are if there's something easy that you can figure out on Google. Don't be disrespectful to people's times and hit them up and say, what, where can I find this account? What, what accountant, what's your accountant's address? You said your accountant's this, what, you get the idea. Don't ask stupid shit. Get on Google and Google it. However, if it is anything you can't Google and figure out simply, or if you really need somebody's advice, like, don't be afraid to ask questions. That's how I've, like, my whole career, I've operated by asking a ton of questions. I get so tired of people. People almost brag about it, okay? Like, I don't know if you've ever seen people, they post, they're like, I'm so bad at asking for help, and they like, or, or they talk about that. Like, that's not cool, okay? You can literally save yourself from making so many mistakes from people who've already made them if you would just ask for help. That's the whole premise of this podcast, speed bumps. We all have them. Learn from people's speed bumps. So... To recap the notes and the tangible advice, okay, practical advice. Number one, transfer your payroll taxes to a separate account every payday. Number two, build an emergency fund for your business, for your personal. Listen to Dave Ramsey. That's a good, good point. I promise you, you won't regret doing that. Number three, Capital One online savings accounts. I love them. The point is, think of your money as buckets. I don't care if you use Discover or anything else. Number four, don't confuse your business money and your personal money psychologically or literally. Number five, use a CPA. Don't cheap out on a CPA. And number six, ask a lot of questions as you grow, okay? Remember, mistakes are best learned secondhand. Learn from my cash flow speed bump so you don't have to. You won't have to hit this speed bump yourself, which means you can keep on cruising with your foot on the throttle right around that speed bump and not have it slow you down. If you learned anything whatsoever from this episode of Speed Bumps, please share it with a friend. That's how this puppy's going to grow. Until next time.